Drew is a journalist, a disability rights activist, who's hoping to use this platform to shed light on the importance of including people with disabilities within the media industry, as well as shedding light on all the positive stories that people are going have going on in the world. You're listening to the Drew D's News Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Drew's News Podcast and YouTube channel. I say this every week, but I am really, really excited for this episode this week. Um, on the call today, I have two people that have been meant so much to me, right? They've done so much. They probably think that I've done so much for them, but really and truly, they are the ones who have kept me going in the world of journalism. Because prior to getting that opportunity and that one yes, um, I was often doubting, is there a place in the world of journalism with me? For me, excuse me. So today I have on the call the very two lovely people that I love so dearly that took a chance on me, right? And gave me that internship with Western News based out of Orlando, Florida. I have Kirsten Wolf. She's currently the news director at WESH. And I also have Jess O'Neill. He was the former assistant news director at WESH, but he is now the news director um, out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So congratulations on that promotion. Well deserved. We all miss you in Orlando, but you're out doing big things, right? So I really want this to be a conversation. And I said, you know, it's taking a lot of collaboration um, to have an intern with a disability within your corporation. So I really think that our story needs to be told so that other leaders within the news industry can see that it can be done and it is possible. But there may be some that are listening and they may want people with disabilities as interns or employees within their newsroom, but they're not sure how to go about it, right? So I just wanted to bring you two on to maybe add a little guidance and wisdom about how you did it through the process. So I'm happy to have you all today. Thanks, Drew. It's great to be here. Great to be here. So just to get started, can you both just tell our viewers and listeners, because this is a YouTube channel and a podcast, a little bit about yourselves and who you are. Go for it, Caleb. Okay. Um, I'm Kirsten Wolf. I'm the news director at West 2 News in Orlando. Uh, I work for Hearst Television um, Incorporated, I guess. I've been with the company for 30 years, and I actually started out as a photographer, which I really loved, but it wreaked havoc on my body, and I was a much better... Um, verbal storyteller than I was a visual storyteller. So I had a producer track and uh, worked most of my life on the West Coast. And then the company took a chance on me, moved me out to Florida. And um, I was an assistant news director for seven years. Yeah, seven. And I think I've been the news director now for six. I kind of lost count, but I think my anniversary just went by. So um, that's me. And then one of the only, Jess O'Neill. What you got? <laughs> Uh, same thing. I have been in the business for about 24 years um, and uh, always been in TV. I've been with Hearst since 04. Had a brief um, stint away from Hearst um, at CNN for a couple of years, but came back because I missed Hearst. I missed Orlando. I missed Kirsten. I missed Wesh. Um, but just to have, I can't, you know, say enough good about the company itself just because I wish early on in my career, somebody had pulled me aside and told me the importance of an ownership group. And there are so many different ownership groups out there that sort of 
you know, everybody kind of has their own way of running their thing, running things. And the way Hearst runs things is just like, they, you're just, you're treated as an individual. They know who you are. They respect who you are. You have a voice. You're always heard and, 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 and very listened to. And I think that point in and of itself is very important to this conversation that we're going to have today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it, it's just a joy to know you both. Because like I said, without you two, whether you know it or not, I was about ready to give up on news. I'm like, all right, this isn't for me. But um, West really took me in and treated me as their own. And I was able to get to a station with those photogs, right? Because that's really what I need. Because that's a big logistical barrier. Even though now I'm happy to and lucky and blessed to say that I have an instructor and a faculty member here at the University of Florida that is really diving deep with me, right? She's, uh, we're working on the big cameras now. So um, the goal is if I need to be an MMJ, I can be, right? Or at least show whoever it is, hey, I can't physically do this, but this is how you do it, right? So I, the University of Florida has fully, um, Kalisha Whitman, shout out to her. She's fully embraced um, everything that I've got and um, you know, because you all gave me that first stepping stone with that internship. but And not to say that all the faculty that weren't already here at the University of Florida didn't dive in and invest in me. They did, to the best of their abilities. But Kalisha was just like a godsend angel because a Pointer article had just came out about me with my standing wheelchair, and she had just accepted the job. She came from FAMU out of Tallahassee, and she just accepted the job at the University of Florida, and she's like, God, why are you sending me here, right? And she saw that article and she's like, the reason why I'm being sent to US is you. So to me, that is very profound because she won an Emmy in mobile journalism. She shot a documentary completely completely with an iPhone 5S and won the Emmy. And that is what I really needed, right? So people that could show me how to navigate a mobile device, if that's the route I needed to take, but to produce that content. And I'm lucky and blessed to say that my first two packages that aired at WFT were shot with my iPhone. And guess what? You couldn't tell the difference. Now I'm on the big camera. We tried that last week and now we've got a DSLR. So she's really given me all avenues and all chances to see what works for me. Her slogan is, find a way to make your weird work. And I really think that she's found a way to make my weird work. So in all avenues, I'm lucky and blessed for you all. Y'all were that first step, but I really needed someone here at the university if I was going to have a product that could get me a job out of college that would invest in me. So take me back to that moment you both first met me at the UF Career Fair after I rolled over to your table and asked you about those internship opportunities. The look on y'all's faces, and it wasn't a bad look. Um, I'm used to it a lot. They're like, holy cow, like, he wants this, but how do we make this work? So take me back to that moment. I'll start then, Jess, you can jump in. So so Jess and I, if you haven't figured it out, are, are really, really very close. We've worked together on and off for years. We love each other, we're, we're best buds. And so that day we were going to UF from Orlando to, to do this intern fair and job fair. And for us, it was like, woohoo, we road trip out of the office, you know, getting coffee, eating on campus. So we're sitting there and everything's going fine. And then I'm kind of looking and just like Drew just said, he said, holy cow, that's not what I said. I said, holy something. But I was like, oh my God. I, I mean, in my, hopefully this was in my head. I don't know, I might've nudged you or something, Jess, but it was like, what do I do? What do I say? What does this kid want from me? Is he gonna be an intern? What's his goal? 
And the great thing about Drew, and I think this is going to open so many doors for you, certainly you're a hard worker, but you have this ability to shine when you talk to people and it makes, it made me let down my guard. And I was just taken in by this kid. He's engaging. He's funny. He has guts, man, because a lot of these students won't even come up to your table, you know, on two legs. And here comes a kid in a wheelchair to go, Hey, I want to be a journalist. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and, and so you let, you help me kind of take a breath there just by you being you. And, um, and just what, what was your, what was your thought? I just remember it being like, you know, so there was Kirsten and I, you know, again, we always kind of refer to the UF fair as like our day, right? You know, like it was like, hey, we're out of the newsroom. You guys take care of it. This is our day. We're going to go and, be, you know, make a whole day of it. And we're sitting there and we get so many different people who come to the table. Um, and most of them want to be sports anchors. Um, and then, you know, up rolls true. And all of a sudden it's like, huh. <laughs> and I remember like we had like we were talking and you're just like and to me right out of the gate it was just there was you know it's, it's interesting for me to hear that you said that you were about to throw in the towel because there was this fearlessness about you that was just like hey I'm right here what, what about it let's make this happen and I remember more specifically when you left the table Kirsten turns to me and I turn to her and we go huh you know, and Kirsten's one of those people who throughout my career has really mentored and taught me a lot of things. One of the things she taught me years and years ago when she was an assistant news director and I was a producer was this whole sort of think outside of your rundown, which people in TV definitely understand that, where you have a newscast that, that's a rundown and you kind of get in your rundown and you get in this template and you can't get out of it. And she'd always say, think outside of your rundown and you start thinking the like, like, let's not think about, oh my God, this could never happen. How can we make this happen? And that's one of the first things she said. She's like, I, I want to make this happen, you know? And because it was this sort of, at first, the, 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 oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then it was like, oh, this could be really, really cool for him. Uh, a great experience for us, for our newsroom. Um, and and uh, overall, it, just, it was just one of those things that right out of the gate, we were like, yes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, well, that could never happen. Right out of the gate, right after you left the table, it was like, huh, we're going to make this happen. It was a mission. We were on a mission, you know, and to give people a little background, like you said, you didn't know that I was going to throw in the towel, but I had face lots of objections, and, you know, but I don't take no for an answer. That's one thing about me. I don't. Um, but, you know, I rolled away or rolled away, however you want to say it, from the table. And I was like, you know, I did what I did. I came to many career fairs and I presented myself in that way. But I've always said that if the company is meant for me. If it's the right decision, what is meant to be will be. So um, it took lots of my, lots of collaboration, right, from all ends. And I'm sure it wasn't like an easy. Okay, we want to do this, but how do we go about this? So I don't remember quite off, but it was a couple months after the career fair, and I get this email from Risa, and they're like, "Hey, we want to offer your internship." It was at that point that I had completely forgot about the career for it at this point, you know, because it takes a lot of collaboration to even be able to present that, do you want this offer, right? So I was just floored when I got that email. I'll, I'll never forget the feeling. Um, and I went to my news manager and I'm like, all right, Harrison, this is what I've got. <laughs> this is happening. What do you think? Should I go for it? And he's like, heck yes, you should go for it. He's like, how can I help? And um, from that's where it blossomed in. But I don't know. It's just interesting. I always say God puts people in the right places at the right times. And that's what I truly believe happened here. 
Drew, you know, I think it's important for, for anybody who maybe is a news director in the, in the business uh, who can make this happen for other people um, and to take the next step, which is to hire people, you know, in wheelchairs, whatever their disability or, or whatever you want to call it is. The things, that, the things that we really had to work out and, you know, all of the good spirit and the desire to do it was there at the beginning. But then I started having to think, okay, on, if I'm really a negative thinking person, is this young man somebody who's going to come in and just try to hit us with an ADA complaint? Because there are people like that in the world. Um, so that was a fear. But then it was also, well, okay, how do we make sure we're compliant? What does he need? And so Risa, our assistant, reached out you know, to your, your, um, one of your journalism professors and, and said, okay, what, do, you know, what does he need? That was the first thing. What do we need to make happen? It was as simple as we need a ramp so he can get up to the news desk or he can get into the control room or onto the news set to cut a demo reel. So we knew we needed a ramp. We needed to make sure the bathrooms were accessible, which they are, that the building was accessible, which it is. Um, and so working with our company to kind of go through and kind of tick those things, those boxes off to make sure that once you were there, that you had everything you needed to succeed. Um, those were important things to do. And I think that's the first thing that comes to somebody's mind when they go, um, no, I'm not even going to try to make that happen because it's too heavy of a lift. Yeah. And, on, and to that point, too, I remember specifically uh, walking through the building with Kirsten and our engineers because we we're like, we're making this happen. And we were walking through sort of kind of going through like, all right, let's figure out the patterns of, of mobility here. Where does he need to go? And when we do our internships, it's like, well, we want you to spend some time with producers. We want you to spend some time with reporters. We want you to spend some time at the assignment desk, which is raised up higher than the rest of the newsroom. So I remember being there and we're sitting there thinking about how are we going to do this and how we, so we'll build this ramp here. And then Kirsten's like, how do we get him on set? And then it's like, okay, so we need a ramp for that. Right, control room. So we went through the whole building to kind of figure out, and it was a really kind of really. It was a, for me. I just remember it because it was a cool. It was a really exciting time because it was like this. We've not. We've never had this before in our newsroom, and maybe other newsrooms have, but we've never had this. And so it was kind of like, it was kind of like, I don't know the, yeah, the origin in a of, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pioneering origin exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you bring up the point about the ADA and oh no, all these things aren't compliant. This guy's just going to come in here and sue you because I think you're right. There are people yeah, right. like that out there in the world. But I just want to take a moment, and I always tell everyone this, I'm not in the business to hurt you. I'm in the business to help you. Not only for me, but for future journalists to come. You know, yes, is it gonna help, is, are these accommodations going to help me as a journalist with a disability? Absolutely, but I'm a big proponent of the universal design concept, right? So who's to say you're not going to have one of your anchors or you're not going to have one of your reporters who, I don't know, fall and have an accident and now they're on crutches. But now because of that one component that you now have in your newsroom, it's accessible for all. Yeah, and the important thing that, that, that you know, we're hearing a lot about inclusivity now, right, and diversity, and, and it's... It's way beyond time that we actually started talking about this out loud in public. Um, but one of the things I think one of the groups that isn't necessarily come to mind when you think about that are people with a disability. And I think that's something that you have really been a champion of is give me a chance. I can do the dang job. Just, just make some reasonable accommodations. I may not do it like everybody else does it, but the end product will be just as good. And your voice is so valuable because not everybody has your voice. Not everybody sees the world through your eyes. And 
So seeing people, you know, like you, who are doing the job is super important. And also seeing you and hearing your perspective and the way you tell the stories and the stories you decide to tell are everybody's the better for it, for having that inclusivity. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that you say you feel that the industry is starting, you're starting to see those small shifts toward including disability. Um, because I actually had a Zoom with someone who wanted to interview me um, about a week ago now. Um, it was an assignment editor out of California, ABC 23 in Bakersfield, I believe. Um, KERO, I used to work there. Actually, I was an intern a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and they actually, you know, because I posted on Instagram. Um, I had my first live shot in the studio here at UF, and I just posted it to celebrate, you know, to celebrate that accomplishment. Because a live shot is a big deal for anyone, but as a journalist with a physical disability, it's an even bigger deal for me when you're dealing with those logistical barriers and things like that. Um, and actually, two Instagram platforms that are kind of like, like networking for journalists all across the country, um, at that news life and Urban News Lifestyle picked it up and reposted it. And now journalists from all across the country are following me. and. That was one of the aha moments, like people support you. Um, Cause he actually, they're, they're starting a diversity and inclusion initiative within their company. And so he's like, you reached out to me and he's like, I gotta have your voice on here. Cause we see a lot of diversity and inclusion, but what we don't see in our newsroom is disability and they just need to hear your story. So getting little things like that and being able to pave the way for the industry as a whole is great, and I just got a position with um, with media. They are a corporation that. that are that's a nonprofit um, for people with disabilities, trying to get them within the media. So the end goal of their company is to get at least twenty eight percent of their corporation to be people with disabilities in front of behind the camera and even at the management level. So I I really I'm really excited to start that and start working with people from all around the world with Zoom calls every week. And I don't know, that's, it really put everything together for me because that's always been my mission to make sure that disability is included within the media, but then to have a corporation that's already doing that. And now that I can have a team behind me and I'll be able to create content for them as well, it's just great. So I, I think, that all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. It's not if I get a job or how, it's it's when, you know, it's gonna happen, but it's gotta be that right opportunity. I always tell news directors and news leaders or whoever it is, like I'm not opposed to going out of state per se, and we always don't like to put ourselves in a box in this industry and stay in Florida, but for me, logistically staying in Florida is, you know, where it's at for me. I'm not opposed to it, but if you want me to come to your station and want me to come out of state, be willing to work with me, be willing to give me time to get those pieces to the puzzle because I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. So if they just give me a shot, I'll do it. But it's got to, you know, there's support and all that stuff here and benefits are different. So it's just a lot of pieces. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what, you're, what, what you probably won't bring up, Drew, because you're a humble dude. Jess, we, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, when, when you were coming in, Drew, it was like, okay, well, he's going to be like any other intern, right? He's going to sit on the desk, going to write stories. He's going to go out and report. He's going to make a reel. So 
you were on the front lines. I know a lot of dealing with the reporters and the crews that were going to be working alongside him. And it seems like they really embraced him. They really did. I sort of like right out of the gate. I mean, like the reporters would come up and say, be like, oh my God, he's great. Like he like, and again, this goes to, I think your the the fearless comment is is multifold. So you're fearless coming up to us at the at the career fair. You're fearless when somebody comes and you and you interact with somebody because you have this, you have this energy, this aura where you're like, hi, I'm Drew. Right, because I think people look at somebody with a disability and they they just don't they don't know how to react. They don't know do I do I tiptoe around them? And I'm sure you've gone through this your entire life. Do I you know? Oh, maybe if I don't make eye contact, I don't want them to think I'm staring or anything like that. And you're like, hey, I'm Drew. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know? And you're and and you're and you're super sweet and you're super kind and you're super smart. And so I think it's it's disarming to some people, right? Because they're just like, oh, wait a minute. And one of the things, one of your powers, one of your superpowers, is that you show them you're like anybody else. That is. That's the whole point of, of kind of the, the message that you want to have. And so right out of the gate, listen, our newsroom was like, okay. I mean, we had this great newsroom that's so accepting. And so like, they're, I always refer to the West newsroom as a family. Like there's just, they've been, you know, they've been working together forever. They love each other. They hate each other. They're brothers and sisters and all this other stuff like that. So when you came on, it was just like the reporters were like, same thing with like, after you left the career fair table, the reporters like, huh, you know, and, but we had kind of already worked on figuring out how we were going to make this happen. And you had your assistant, you know, sweet Horgen, um, you had <laughs> sweet Horgen, you had Horgen, <laughs> you know, uh, who became part of our family also. I mean, the two of you automatically just became part of this family. And so we kind of figured out, all right, well, we know he's going to go out in the field. How is this going to happen? All right? He and Horgen will go in a separate car. You know, uh, is there, but at the same time, we were trying to figure out is that we wanted you to have that experience with the reporter. So is there a way that you could be in the car with a reporter as well? So we started going down that route about like, instead of just having you follow behind, you should, we like the interns to be back when we could travel in cars together. Uh, we like the interns to be part of that experience where they can hear, they can, you can talk over story ideas and questions and tips and what have you. I remember being an intern and, and loving that moment with the reporter in the cars. We were kind of talking about questions for how we were going to do an interview and things like that. And, um, you know, so we started going down that route trying to figure it out. And our reporters and our photogs were just like, yeah, let's make it happen. And let me, let me clear some more stuff out. Let me see how we can do this. And you were, you know, you were just so, you were so great about, um, about, again, it's that fearlessness where you were just like, all right, well, where are we going? What story, what's, what's our story today? You know? And they love, I think too, just to kind of go back to talking, you know, Kirsten's point about diversity, you know, you know, Kirsten and I, and, and I think, you know, everybody at first is very big on having diverse voices in a newsroom. And, I, you know, I, for one, as a news director, I want people who come from different backgrounds because I want to be challenged. I want you to sit here and tell me, like, you don't see it through the eyes of X. And what you brought to the table was, hold on a second, you know, when you're looking at the, you know, people who are handicapped, you know, don't, you know, you're not thinking about this is how we approach things or this is how it, is, it affects us. And you have a voice that, that nobody else in the room has, you know, because you have an experience that nobody else has. So it's just kind of, um, you know, it, it, to us, it was like, we brought you on and welcomed you on because it was just like, teach us, <laughs> help us to learn, you know, it was great. And that teach us, that's what I do and all that I do in my personal life and my professional life. And it's interesting that you touch on that family aspect because that's how I felt at certain day one. 
I thought I felt oh, I'm like oh I'm gonna fit right in with these people just well because you know we we get down to business we know how to do our business right but you, you make it fun along the way too and I really appreciated that and even still to this day I'm so close with most of the reporters there and it's just awesome that they are still supporting me every step of the way in my journey as well yeah yeah so with that, what 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 would one or both of you say was the biggest challenge of it all? Biggest challenge? Um, I don't. I think I think probably it was. I think the biggest challenge was before you even got there, right? It was imagining what it looked like, and it was like the logistics that Kirsten and I kind of already talked about. Is like the challenge was we've again. This was you're an origin story, right? So there's no textbook for how you sort of, you know, or there was no textbook for us for how we make this happen because our interns are so, they're all over the newsroom, they're on the studio, they're in the control room, they're up in the assignment desk, they're with the reporters, what have you. And it was like, we had to sort of go, I, for me, the biggest challenge was logistically, how do we make this happen? And and we're, we're both more of those people where it's like, tell me how you're gonna get something done before you tell me you can't get it done. And so automatically we just start thinking about like, how are we gonna make this happen? And so we, that's why I said, I remember so clearly walking through the building because we were kind of going through the motions of the day and of an intern's responsibilities because we, we didn't wanna miss anything, you know? So I would say for me, I think Kirsten might be different. I would say for, for me, it was the logistics, which, which as we went and checked the boxes, we kind of figured out what each answer was, you know? Yeah, that logistically truly in, ter in terms of problem solving that was the biggest one, but I'm going to look at the tail end of it. And I think the biggest challenge now is what's next? How do you, how do you, with our assistance and wh however we can help, how do you get that first job? And that, I think one of the last conversations we had during your internship was you, me, and I think it was Mike, the, the, the owner of the, the, you know, the company that helps you guys out. It, it was like, okay, this is great. This has worked beautifully. Okay. But what's next? What's the next step? We're excited. We're so glad it was successful, but this is not the end game. The end game is you getting employed and being a reporter. And I think that is the next big challenge. It's, and you're paving the way beautifully, um, but getting that first job is a milestone for any, anybody in this industry. And so that's okay. How can we help in the next step of the way? And I think that will fit nicely into my next question is what, Hold on, I'm off my place here. What piece of advice or encouragement would you give to a fellow news leader as far as giving a person like be that first job or that first internship or something of that nature? I would tell them it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to make this happen for this person. We, we make accommodations for people all the time with less obvious disabilities, right? But, but it's our job to make sure that our viewers are served by hearing from different people, like Jess said, with different experiences and backgrounds who have a different point of view. I would tell my colleagues and Jess's colleagues, it's our responsibility to, to take this next step and, and find ways to be inclusive in this way. Yeah, I would agree. I would think too, it's, you know, not just, you know, that it's, that it's their responsibility, but it is, you know, uh, it's it's it is that diversity. We are we we do have the obligation to tell these stories as journalists through the eyes of of 
of people with different backgrounds and different experiences. You know, you know, I was talking to a, a candidate recently who had done a piece on um, on a child with autism and how this child with autism was learning with, with remote learning. And she had mentioned that um, her editor had said, hey, well, you don't really say any anywhere in the piece that this child is autistic. And her response was, hey, it's obvious that the kid is autistic in this piece, you can tell, but I, I didn't want to put that child in a box, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, so I think when you label someone, you automatically sit there and say, oh, well, Drew's got cerebral palsy, or how about he's just Drew? You know what I'm saying? It's like, take take all that stuff aside, put it aside. Yeah. You know, this is just Drew. You look at the person because the minute you sort of put them in a box and say, they have autism, they have cerebral palsy, they have this, they have, they have that. All of a sudden you're kind of shaping and changing the, 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 the mind of the person, you know, to whom you're addressing. So I think it's just a, just making sure that it's like, you know, you, my advice to my colleagues is just look at Drew. Drew is a reporter who earned his chops at this top-rated school with this top-rated media program, you know, who served an internship in a top 20 market, you know, and look at his stuff, look at the content of his stuff, look at his writing, you know, look at his packages, you know, look at Drew. I know, it's always been a joke over at WESH. Um, I always wanted to, you know, be that reporter and go out in the field, but there was many a day that Ernie was like, are you sure you don't want to be a producer instead and stay in the house? And I'm like, no, it's not the goal. She's like, but your writing is golden. And I'm like, well, thank you. But I love being out in the field and being out in the community. That was really a, a, something that made, made an impact on me, Drew, that day, because she and I had talked and she's like, oh, she'd be a producer, she's such a good producer. And I remember you going, no, that's not my dream. Sure, I could do it, but it's not my dream. And why would I, why would I cash out this early, you know, and, and not try to go for it? And that's so. like I tell people, I understand that starting out, that may very well be my job or a digital content producer may very well be my first job because we got to work our way out, correct? But ultimately, <laughs> one day you're going to see Drew D's on your television. That is the <laughs> ultimate dream. Well, and then, you know, also, you know, stick to your dream and follow your dream. But like Kirsten said, I mean, my first job in television was I was a part-time overnight editor. I edited video for the morning show on beta tapes, which probably many people watching this have no idea what what they are, you know, but coming in at two o'clock in the morning to edit video. And then I would also run audio and run studio cameras, you know, but that wasn't my dream. I just wanted to get in the door. So, you know, Drew just needs to get in the door and show people what Drew can do. And once he, once he does, then it's going to be like, all right, well, everybody stand back. Absolutely. So I know for me, I have many of these, but um, can either one of you or both call a favorite memory um, from doing my time with you all? I have one, but I'm going to let just Jess go first in case, unless he wants me to go first. No, you go for it. I'm, I'm thinking I have one, but uh, you go for it. Okay. My favorite memory is towards the end of your internship with you and me and Jess and Horgen went out to dinner, We which which is not something we usually do with interns, but it was just like we were a bunch of colleagues, right? And we went to a decent place for dinner and sat and talked about everything and how the internship had gone and what your next you know, goals were. And just kind of, I felt like I, I got to know you so well and Horjan too, because he's fantastic. <laughs> um, for those watching, Horjan is an aide, but who is so much more than an aide, uh, who really accompanied drew um everywhere just to make sure that he had what he needed and these two guys would get in a van or a car what on like a tuesday night drive the two and a half hours get up at 5 a.m 
um, be in the newsroom at 9 a.m., work all day till 6, stayed in a hotel overnight on Tuesday evenings, got up, did the same thing, worked 9 to 6, then drove home. Then I had to be in the newsroom here at the University of Florida at 8 a.m. So Who does it, that? It was you know, <laughs> I mean, just the fact that you were so committed and so personable, and we just enjoyed hanging out with you. Forget about the TV side of it. We love... Sorry, it's my phone. Um, we love just hanging out with you and talking and, and, you know, just being colleagues. That was my favorite memory. Yeah, I think, too, you know, one of the things that Kirsten and I always ask people, because when we go up to UF, you know, UF's, what, hour and a half, two hours from Orlando? And so people don't always think of, of the commute or think of the logistics of how are you going to do an internship in Orlando? And you're, you're like, I'll figure it out. You know, and you did like we and we worked with you for what what worked, you know, what worked best for you. So instead of doing like a Monday and a Friday, hey, what would work for me is two days back to back so I can come down. I can spend the night in Orlando, come back to work the next day and get back to UF, you know, that that so kind of figuring out those logistics. But I think for me, one of the things that I remember the most right out of the gate and we always tell interns, you know, we say, listen, when you come, you're going to be part of the editorial meetings. You know, you're expected to come to the table with story ideas, um, you know, and, that, and, and honestly, so many of them are just like, they'll pitch story ideas and they'll be like, so like, there's a lot of unrest in Yugoslavia and it's like, that's got nothing to do with Central Florida, you know, that kind of thing. They're, they're, they're working around it, but like right out of the gate, you were local and you had, you know, you kind of, I think you kind of paid attention to that first meeting. And then by the time you came in the next meeting, you had story ideas right out of the gate. And I was like, I remember sitting there because it used to be the meeting that I used to run. I remember sitting there looking, I was like, oh, this kid's good. This kid's good. Like you like you, you paid attention, you picked up on it right out of the gate. And like all of a sudden you're like, this is what they want, this is what they're looking for. And you, you know, you off to you're off to the races. And interestingly enough, funny note, um, you all were my first experience of editorial meetings because I hadn't quite got that experience at UF yet. So at the table I was sitting with the big dogs and you know, I'm like, All right, this is intimidating, like they're gonna have stuff and I'm not gonna have much and I get in the first week, but then I'm like, All right, I got this and the balance it was kind of a difficult balance for me because like I said, I was still reporting for UF as well. So what's news here in Gainesville is definitely not news in Orlando. We got so much happening in Orlando, but I, I, I tried my best and that's all I can ask for. What was yeah. your favorite memory, Drew? Um, this is gonna be funny to you all, but the days of ice cream when the ice cream truck came. There were <laughs> many right, days I that I, I'm a hard worker and I always believe in all right, I'm not gonna leave this desk until I get what I need to get done. There are many days that Jess was like, uh uh-uh, uh, go out to the ice cream <laughs> truck, take a break, and I'm like, No, but I have to do this. So, you know, and many days Ebony would be like, You're still here? Go home. I'm like, I'm still working. She's like, go home. I'm like, I can't. I love it. I love what I do. And I always say, if you love what you do, right, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm not saying that it's easy or not difficult, because it is for us all, right? But at the end of the day, yeah, I do get frustrated, and there's extra barriers and things that I have to overcome. But whenever, for me, the moment that really did it in for me is when I got my first slide shot at UF and I saw my first package on air and my stuff is making air and I'm like wow I came a long way that's all I can ask is for myself to get better with every day and I I think that I've done that yeah so the last question I have for you both today what do you hope 
um, for the future of the news industry when it comes to diversity and inclusion within newsrooms across the country? I think my hope is that it gets to the point where it's so common that we don't even think about it. You know, when it's not, oh, unique, there's somebody with a certain skin color and somebody with a sexual orientation and somebody who might be in a wheelchair on crutches, but that it's just a bunch of journalists in a room and that we take it for granted that, yeah, we all come to come in different shapes and sizes and we all do the same job and that's what brings us together. I mean, that's kind of a hokey wish, but it, I think it is my true wish. I think too, I think, you know, Drew, you are the, you know, the, the, the hope in the future, right? Just sort of along Kirsten's line. Whereas, you know, you look at decades ago uh, where, you know, whether or not it came to, again, people with a certain color couldn't do certain things. Women couldn't do certain things. You were, you know, ostracized for having a sexual orientation. And here we are in 2021 and have graduated so much past color, past sexual orientation, past gender and that kind of thing. And it's like, all right, so the future is seeing more people like Drew on the air. And to Kirsten's point, it's a, you're just a journalist. You're just a journalist. You're not a, you're not a, a you know, a journalist in a wheelchair. You're a journalist. Mm -hmm. So looking past all of that other, you know, looking past the things so we we've gotten to points in our society where we're able to look past color and gender and sexual orientation. What's next? Drew's next, right? So it's like, that, that's my hope where you could sit there and go, oh, so the you know guy in the wheelchair is on TV, you know, reporting and, and they don't even see the wheelchair. They're just listening to your, to listen to your, your, your story. Absolutely. Well, I thank you both for joining us, joining me today. We've had a great conversation. And if there's anyone listening or have watched this episode and they're like, wow, Jess and Kirsten, they really know what they're doing when it comes to including diversity and inclusion within their newsroom. How can they connect with you both? Um, my email is the best way for me. And I think you, you've got all our, our social media handles, so feel free. Um, I, I'm not good on Twitter. I'm not big on Instagram. I could do them, but I, I always feel like I work too hard in my day job to have to do all that stuff at night or off the, the clock. But, but email is the best way to get me in, please. You'll see mostly um, pictures of Kirsten's cats, um, yeah. usually fighting the dog, uh, which are usually my favorite videos. Yeah. But the same thing with me is you can just get in touch with me either through my email or you know you contact um, the KOAT newsroom. Absolutely, and like Kirsten said, I have all your contact information. And don't you worry, folks, I'll be able to put that in the show notes and the comments below. Well, you've just listened to or watched another episode of the Drew's News Podcast and YouTube channel. If you or someone you know has a testimony you'd like to share, or they're just doing good in the world, or maybe you even have a topic you want me to cover, I said I want to cover the content that you all would like to see. Please feel free to reach out to me on social media on all platforms at Drew D's Reports, or email me at dsreports at gmail.com. And remember... As always, if you can dream it, you can drew it.